0: Hey all! Welcome to a dram of diving. Uh, once again, uh, back on this Wednesday night to say hello and have some discussions tonight. We're going to have uh, Ross and Danny with us. Uh, Nat and James Mott might jump in if they have time. They're busy teaching, I believe. So uh, if they got time to get in, they will jump in and say hello. If not, we will continue on without them. And we'll have uh, we'll be hearing from Ross and Danny tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, pioneers in diving. Divers didn't diving didn't have instructors. Why should I have one? Uh, it's an interesting topic. I've heard this before from, from students. Uh, why should I pay, pay someone to tell me something that my computer can tell me and, and things along those lines. So we are going to discuss that. Uh, we are going to try and keep it to right about 45 minutes to an hour, which is always our goal. So we will go from there. Um, and hi, James Comfort, how are we doing? I was hoping that you could join us, but apparently you have got to work. So I guess that is what it is. So let me bring in Danny and Ross. I believe Danny's done fixing his hair. Um, and Ross is the shadowy figure that will be joining us there. Oh, Danny's got it. He's, he's muted again. We might uh, we might keep him there. Uh, we'll see You promised to distort my voice, too, so nobody could tell who it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then you... <laughs> But then you put your name on there. So I can't think that got it there. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Don Abel. Um, so uh, this is a pain. I mean, this kind of melds into to mentorship also, but um, it, talking about, well, I'm sure we'll get down that road eventually, but talking about uh, people actually needing instruction or valuing instruction. And uh, I kind of know some of your guys' backgrounds, but the premise of, you know, it, why should I have someone tell me what to do? A trial and error worked perfectly fine 20 years ago. Why can't it work now? Uh, Danny, what's your thoughts on this whole thing?
1: Well, I think it uh, really depends on what we're talking about. So trial and error, I think, is actually a really good way to learn. Yeah. Uh, I think for, for the majority of divers, you get a baseline. Uh, and then from there, you, you have to experiment. Uh, you, you can't learn or progress as a diver, as a person, unless you're willing to take what you've learned and expand on it yourself. So that means uh, listening to your instructor for doing X, Y, Z, and then the next 20 dives you try it Z, Y, A, ZYA, and, uh, and maybe that's, uh, that's the key for you when you're diving. So I think there, there's, there's gotta be a combination of, yeah, you need to do this on your own, and uh, yeah, you need to listen to me. So.
0: Ross, your take. Well, I didn't
2: know this was a thing, so I was just here to take notes. I, I want to dive beyond my ability tomorrow, so I I, I could <laughs> learn sure something. I'm sure you more. do. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I mean, for me, for you know, a lot of the classes that I had and some of the stuff that uh, you know I learned, I was only able to learn because I put myself in an environment where, you know, uh, no matter what happened, I was absolutely positive that my instructors were going to be able to get me out of it. Now. Obviously, wasn't really the case, but I had to feel that way to be able to, you know, just let it go and just learn what I was there to learn and not worry about.
0: So do you seek out out more challenging instructors?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So I I definitely seek out more challenging instructors.
2: instructors.
0: Yeah. Nice. Danny, when you went through your training, did you tend to, to try and seek out more challenging instructors?
1: Uh, to, to a degree, I think I uh, I think for the majority of my classes, I, I had really uh, really hard, very well known instructors, and I was seeking them out for a specific reason of why I want to take a class from them. Um, on, on the other end, Ouch. a lot of the stuff that I've done, uh, I was self-taught in a lot of different uh, respects. Um, so I took what I learned from these instructors and I applied those basics to whatever else I wanted to, to kind of do.
0: Nice. So you definitely had some specific mentors kind of at the same time as instructors, right?
1: Uh, to a degree, yeah. I would. Uh, there's always a group of people that I can uh, toss an idea at or just... Uh, if anything, just being on the boats, just observing how they dive and why they did certain things and ask questions. Um, I never had a formal relationship with somebody as a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I paid attention uh, to pretty much everybody I was diving with.
0: I don't know. You kind of sought me out for some mentorship with the IDCs, I'm saying.
1: Mm, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you just
0: have Just the closest one, right? Just, yeah, uh, I mean, it, you know,
1: when you're in New York and I'm in New York. I mean, it's
0: yeah, fair enough. I'll give you that one. Um, so... Ross, you did you have mentors specifically on top of being instructors, or do I have what mentors on top of instructors? Oh. The black
2: Box. absolutely. I mean, a lot of my instructors are a lot of my uh, a lot of my instructors are still my mentors. I mean, I uh, I followed John Hall's around like a lost puppy dog underwater just to watch where he's going to go and how he's going <laughs> to find whatever stinking amazing damn artifact it is today. <laughs> um, I mean that's you know, kind of what they say. You gotta find somebody and look and you know, ask the right questions and do the right things. But at the same time, you you know, you still have to be a good dive buddy. You can't just be like, Oh, here I am, show me. You know, you you, you have yep. to be good at something, um and you know, to even get there. I mean, I, I I skipped a step with my you know, a lot of instructors. I learned uh my advanced rec, my advanced nitrox, my deco and my trimix from John Chatterton. So I don't know that I'm going to find a better instructor to learn more from in that regard as far as I don't mean I know it all. I mean, it's hard to argue with a lot of the stuff that I learned from him because it was learned the hard way watching people die. Um, so I try to just kind of refine and adapt some things here and there. You know what I mean? There's um, there's some hard set rules, I think, that that are applied to what I do. And then there's some things that we got some wiggle room with. Mm hmm
0: um so ross isn't an instructor yet or a dive professional however you want to say it but but into that category of dive master instructor yet um we'll we'll discuss at some point in time yeah blah 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 whatever (laughs) so uh danny you are an instructor have you had students that you've had issues with in the past that have basically been like i don't need to learn from you i'm just going to go do my own thing or anyone really
1: Typically, if I'm having a conversation with them already, uh, essentially, they're already either in a class or they're looking to do a class. Uh-huh. Um, so what I offer with those students, I have had those students where I know everything already. I don't really need this or there's there's something specific they're looking for or looking to do uh, that's not really go aesthetic with my philosophy on, on diving. So what I usually offer to them is uh, just the pool session. Uh, get in just make sure you can do all your skills and if you're absolutely fantastic everything's cool then yeah i'll just sign off your card and you know you could go do whatever you want um and that's never actually happened so <laughs> yeah you know, in seven feet of water i could give them the worst dive of their life and uh, and then they turned out and said yeah i didn't really know everything i knew and yeah let's yeah. let's 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 start from the beginning yeah so give them
0: give the opening, give them a little treat. Say, yeah, sure, well, we can go down this road and and I'll do some things for you. But uh, I'm going to show you that you're probably not right where you really think you are, which no one is, right? Like that's, you know, no,
1: most people. And, it, and it's never, I'm not, uh, and you can ask any of my students, it's never, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, these completely absurd kind of failures. I just want you to stay still while you take your mask off kind of skills mm-hmm. and uh, and that's usually what i be mean, I mean, I mean, disappointed
2: with- I did all my season with Alec, Alec Hutchinson and I get on air for the express purpose that I know he's going to beat the living crap out of me and give me the most obscene <laughs> you can think of and that's like the whole purpose like you <laughs> know if, if I work. if I survive a week with him I'm good for like three years of <laughs> I don't
1: even think you need to give people like these <laughs> you're like terrible uh, failures. If you just give them two in a row or two on top of each other, that's usually enough for <laughs> completely like this die in a seven foot pool, uh, yeah. you know? And some people have absolutely surprised me and they've been fantastic. I was like, all right, cool. Let's, we could do something different. We could add something more to it. Uh, yeah. But majority of people overestimate their skills and their abilities and I do it to myself, you know, all the time. we are just like, well, can I, can I pass the same class that I'm giving my students? And, <laughs> I my, my challenge myself here and there and, uh, yep. you know, but it, it's pretty, I, I usually don't get those type of people and those conversations are fairly short uh, when somebody tells me that they don't need me. And I said, all right, you don't need to take a class with me and uh, you're good to go. See yeah. you later.
0: Yeah, that, and that's happened with like tech foundations and me, I don't need to take that. All right, let's do a one day test out. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do day one, sorry. Um, let's let's talk about that. So um, yeah, which is wow. was very, very interesting. nice um james brings up uh, i think it's a good transition here james cover brings up uh what threshold does it become a requirement to take a class Cave diving, re-reader like where where are we there's a lot of information out there you you can learn a ton from youtube um the right way and how not to do things you can uh learn a lot from reading and and online classes that uh Gaudreau thought I was taking my first deco class. Somehow he thought I was taking my first deco class was the one with Mark Paul that I just signed up for, which is all online. And he was like, what's going on? I'm like, calm down. Man. Like I'm a deco instructor. I just want more information, bro. Um. So what, Danny, Danny, what's your thought? At what threshold does it become a requirement to take a class? Cave diving or re- rebreather and others?
1: Well, I think cave diving and rebreather are pretty extreme examples of what you should take a class, uh, i think if we take a step back and uh thinking like the open circuit realm i think once you're once we're doing we're passing a threshold uh of either depth or what you're allowed to do per se underwater i think that's when it becomes pretty important to take class so for somebody in an open water situation uh i think you should get training on going deeper than 60 70 feet uh I think that that should be a class. I think when you have a brand new piece of equipment, like a dry suit, you probably should just take a class. Uh, things start becoming fuzzy, and especially in the recreational world of a rec class, a fish ID class, a boat class, a. Oh uh, no, uh, well, fish class. ID! Is, it's critical. You have to have
0: fish ID cards. Fish I, ID cards. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm glad that we brought this. All right, I brought it up, but uh, for the, the reason, I want to have this uh, discussion. So, a fish ID uh, certification for the vast majority of people, it's probably not going to be worthwhile to do as a class, right? You're paying somebody yeah. to for you to go identify five fish. Uh, and the argument is, well, if you it with a marine biologist, they're probably going to show you some really cool stuff, and it all depends on the instructor you're taking with, blah blah blah. I will say that on a professional level, if you're a dive master, you're a guide, you're an instructor, you need to, to have that, that, I, that, that knowledge of fish ID. Uh-huh. And it is so embarrassing uh, when I have dive masters acting as guides for me and stuff like that, and you ask them, what is that? And they're like, oh, I don't know, or you know, one of my dive masters says that a horseshoe crab is a stingray. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely embarrassing. And you should have there, had a fish ID class. If, so, if I said,
2: look, did you see that gray, whatchamacallit, on Deco? I think any of my buddies would punch me
0: in the face if I knew what it was called. The gray, whatchamacallit, is John Haas on Deco. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, who that you, is. Well, uh, did you, you see you, that you, pink it, angel or uh, whatever? Uh, the, I would
1: get punched in the face if I knew what it was called. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It, it, that's like, a, it's like watching Cobra Kai. You're all worried about being a nerd. You know, and it's... Uh, <laughs> You know people seek people out for that you know they just want to know hey what is that and uh, look like an idiot especially as a professional forget about you know just a regular diaper just as a professional and you sit there and you call a, a horseshoe crab a stingray you know because mm-hmm. you just have no idea what you're looking at and, they, and i think on a professional level in the very least you should have a fish id class or at least the knowledge from it if, and, if you need the certification
0: and that brings up a very good point of the fact that um so Steve- uh, a lot of people don't even really teach the fish ID like super well. They, they take an ID card and they go, here are the five fish. Well, no, here, take Hudon's take like uh, field guide and show them how to identify a fish they don't know what it is. What's the body shape? What's the general color of the fish? What's, you know, um, you know is it slender? Is it long? How, how does it fit into this whole thing? What category is it generally in? And then find it in a fish ID book, not a slate, a book that uh. actually goes through everything and figure it out, and that's a fish ID course, not hey look at the pretty fish. I mean, people see teach fish I, ID here.
2: If I gotta know this stuff to be like an instructor or dive professional, I uh, I think you just sealed the deal for me. I don't think it's
0: really <laughs> a good. Idea. You don't. You can you can teach people how to root around in the mud by you. That's perfectly fine. Everybody teaches differently in different places, Ross. Like you don't need a fish ID. I'm where perfectly you guys are. happy calling a stingray a sea flap. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just. that's I mean, I like. You shouldn't
1: call it a stigma. It's culture. It's, yeah.
0: It's just. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, just uh, like it's a just socket wrench. Yeah. 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 A socket wrench is the click, 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 click. It's like you know, like yeah. that's. I would mean, probably, probably.
2: Be dead without my rec class, and yeah. you know, uh, uh, to other people, the fish ID is important. It's just, it's uh-huh. just what you want to do. Depends yeah, on what you it's, want to do.
0: It's- it's very it's very different in different aspects and you're learning diving at the same time but um there's a lot of people that teach it just here's a slate look at the i mean teaching fish id here you're going to see a small mouth bass and that's the small one that makes eye contact with you and you're going to see a perch it's the stripey one and then there's probably a crayfish underwater but under the rocks but that's pretty much what we got in maybe a walleye or something yeah. like that but uh
1: and that's yeah. where freshwater diving is boring <laughs>
0: I I was waiting for you to come out with that.
1: I I did see uh, like a a mud puppy. I think (laughs) I yeah. never saw that. But Jason didn't know what it was called, and this brings me to my point of as a professional. It's a mud puppy. It's a hellbender.
0: Well, they're not really hellbenders. People call them hellbenders, but they're not actual real hellbenders.
1: Uh, You're backing up on it now. Now now you're saying it's something different.
0: I saw a a wrinkleback
2: brown trout on the oil wreck last weekend. Uh, I don't even (laughs) want (laughs) to.
0: Oh, Lord. Um, All right. So what tends to be the elephant in the room with – with whether you should take a class or not. And, and we'll, you know, looking back at what's the threshold and a good example that creates a lot of discussion is the wonderful world of sidemount. Do you necessarily, Rosh, when you're becoming a side mount diver, I'm I'm
1: I'm, lo- I'm losing you. You there? Uh-huh. We discussed this. Ross is a side mount like diver.
0: Yes, he's just uh-huh. not. He, hey, this is a perfect example. Ross never took a side mount class, but he is a side mount diver. Um, so side mount is a very, side, very. It doesn't <laughs> sound.
1: <laughs> um. Like being at, kind of primitive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So. Sidebound presents a very interesting situation of, can you train yourself? Yeah. There's, there's a whole lot of trial and error there. It's going to take you a long time. Um, <laughs> uh, so, to some of us, yeah, sidebounds bail out. But then we can also go back to sidebound for open circuit. Nice comment, James. Um, Thank so, you, James. Thank you. Uh, Danny, what's your take on taking, not taking a sidebound course?
1: So, I made this submission last time. But mm-hmm. I've never taken a formal side mount course. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started side mount diving, there were maybe four or five instructors writing their own courses like throughout the world. Um, you know, for not crediting the guys in the UK that have been doing it for some time for years. Right. So there was very limited people to actually take it with, and there in that stage of side mount for the masses, if you want to say that, there was still tremendous amount of trial and error um, guys like ed Sorensen, steve bogarts uh any number of these other gurus uh they're not doing the same type of diving or diving the same way side mount as they were nine ten years ago you know they've changed and that's pretty much where i was too i took a i watched what steve bogarts was doing i watched his youtube videos i did a workshop in florida a few times with ed uh, and i did a few demos and then i realized that none of these instructors were diving in my environment so they weren't diving in the northeast they weren't diving off of the boat they weren't diving uh, these tanks with gloves and this and that so i tried to figure it out and through char- trial and error figured it out and at a certain point i became a side mount instructor and i did xyz i did those steps so when you take a class with me it was well these are all the things that i've done this is what i recommend This is what works This is what doesn't work that i found in this environment and uh, i try to streamline it so there is a benefit to figuring it out yourself it took me a couple of years to figure out you know 100 something 200 dives to say all right these gloves don't work with this system these clips don't work with this this doesn't work with that with this bungee this thickness bungee you need to have this clip um, so there is something to be said for doing one yourself and getting an instructor.
0: Mm-hmm. So Brock's thrown up and, and it depends on who the instructor is going to be. Does the instructor dive it all the time once a year? And I, I think that comes into where I was going with the side mount thing is, do you need a side mount class to throw tanks on your side? No, you do not. But, um, a side mount instructor can save you years of headaches of trial and error and trying to figure things out, uh, So that's a choice you're trying to make. In, you know, in do you want to be a little bit go through it a little bit quicker and more efficiently and really get to your end game? and and know the content and learn from our experiences. And, and that's kind of the way the instructor thing has worked with pioneers of the fact that these people made those mistakes. These people have worked themselves through all of this. And these people are the ones that are bestowing their experience onto other people. And it's similar to like a mentor thing. Um, Ross, I know that you claim you don't dive side mount and You have not taken a side mount class, but do you have thoughts on that topic there? And I got one that's coming your way in a second anyway, so.
2: Uh, i just needed my uh i just needed my bailout out of my uh, way so i put two bungees on my wing and now it's out of my way Yep. Uh, so it wasn't really uh thought it was uh it was a uh, necessity as a mother of invention i needed them out of the way now they're out of the way mm-hmm. that works all right there was so- no process, though i mean i saw so- problem solved I'm done like it's not like i went through hell trying to do that i just you know bye. right now they're gone.
0: mm-hmm you know all right. I'm yeah. So let's get into the other side of this equation and Nick brings this up, um, on top of Brock's comment of, you know, is the instructor, what's the instructor and in? what do they dive all the time and how good of a job they can do. Um, doubles versus learning on your own. What about intro to tech? What about, uh, well, like Danny and I teach uh, TDI foundations or, or any of those other primer type classes for doubles? There's so many people that don't do that and do learn on your own. Uh, Ross, did you learn on your own with doubles or did you take a class that helped you with doubles?
2: I started on doubles and a bunch of quote instructors uh, told me all these different ways to do it and they were all freaking wrong. And then I got taught the right way in my tech class. Wow. Actually, I got actually ahead of my tech class um as soon as i started realizing that there was you know like uh, you know a, a million different people saying a million different ways to do things I, I you know i reached out to john ahead of time said hey i'm taking your class in nine months you know can you give me some pointers god bless mm-hmm. him he, he did oh now you want this or that or have this that way and um so i mean i guess a point i was going to get to sooner or later and now is as good as any time is and don't take this the wrong way, fellas, but there's an old saying called those who can't do teach. <laughs> so you have to find the guys that have done it and are now willing to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can get, I mean, a bad instructor is worse than learning it by yourself. If I would have listen to half the people that told me how to wear my freaking doubles, God only knows what would have happened to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. so who says that uh, you're wearing them correctly now, right? What's that? Who says that you're wearing them correctly now, or doing uh, it right the way? And I'm not. This isn't a disparaging remark towards John Chatterton. I'm just saying, any instructor, like who says I'm that? I'm not. Who says that I'm doing it right? Who says that Jason is? Who says that any of us are
2: doing it right? I'm not. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm not doing it right now. So I could not tell well, you. I mean, your last, last time, time it's,
1: it's anything. You know, it's it, yeah. Who says that any of I us are say, right at all? Just because we're alive right now I, and we're
2: having a discussion yeah. on it.
0: I wouldn't well, invite you on the show I guess unless going,
2: right. going back to my point, going back to my point, um, I want to learn from somebody who's seen other people make the mistakes, who've been doing it for 30 years or 40 years or have learned the hard way of certain things. Obviously, there's not a, an exact right way for every little thing, but there's certainly some things that they have watched people die over that they can say, don't do that. Uh-huh. Um. Those are the lessons that we have to learn that way because we can't make that same mistake. Um, So for me, I mean, that was that was the deciding factor. Experience, experience, experience. I'm not going to argue with a man that's been doing it that long, um, no matter who it is. I mean, I don't care. I mean, you know, if Dale Earnhardt came back from the grave and said, I want to teach you how to race car, how to drive a race car. You'd shut up and listen, wouldn't you? Right. But didn't he die in a wreck? So that's
0: like,
2: like
0: no, nope. You take what you can. You know, know. Have
2: I changed a couple of things? Sure. What's that? Nothing. He's no, I didn't. Well, well, you just What's
1: said like, uh, listen, you guys.
2: Dale Earnhardt die in, uh, uh, in a crack? Yeah, that's what no, I'm man. saying. If he came back from the grave and wanted to teach you, you'd say yes, and you'd listen, right? So it's like you got well, to. No. You well, got yeah, me again. Oh, in, in,
1: in, in a car wreck. <laughs> well, i'm just saying um, that like well it, just yeah. don't listen when he
2: tells you how to see <laughs> <laughs> there's my, there is no replacement no, no replacement for experience period yeah i can agree with that to a degree yeah
0: i mean Uh-oh. but you know oh uh, you're never, losing again bad time to wow. bad time to lose signal whatever you can go on mute for a minute all right so uh james cover said he hopped in the pool for months with doubles to figure it out before he took tech class i I think that's i think that's somewhat missing with a lot of different stuff
1: is it with you no no i'm just saying i no i personally that's what i did uh i went from the only reason i started tech diving was for cave diving uh because i wanted to progress in getting my intro my full so my cavern course I did in a single tank. My intro I did in backmount bubbles. And my full cave I did in sidemount. And four or five pool sessions before I went down to Florida to go train, I was like, all right, here, these are backmount twins. I read every single DIR book I possibly can. So this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm not supposed to do. Got in the pool by myself, figured it out, Went, did my class, I passed. And uh, and I did that for sidemount as well. And I think there's something to be said about that. And There's there's really good information out there that you're going to be able to find in books on YouTube on uh, speaking just with other mentors and having discussions on the forums were a really great place for all this stuff. If you could weed through a lot of this information. (laughs) Yeah. And the most important part, and I think Ross made a point to this, where get in the water and actually experience it. Try it. If all right, I tried this. This doesn't work. Let me try something else. And you keep doing at it until you get to wherever you're to go. Uh, I don't know. So I don't think there's anything wrong, especially with a brand new student getting into doubles, say, all right, I'm going to put doubles on my back and I'm going to figure it out. And then hopefully one day they're going to be refined by an instructor who knows what they're talking about.
0: Here's a question for you. Um... Student comes to you. They know that they are absolutely adamant about the tech route. They want to see deep wrecks. They are absolutely adamant, or you know, um, they want to do caves and caverns. That's what they're getting in in for. Uh, do you? Well, there's a couple different ways. Do you get a rider and teach them in tactical configuration, or do you put them in tactical configuration quickly after open water if that's the route they're going?
1: Uh, I teach them. So I have plenty of open water students that say that they want to be uh, tech divers and rec Uh diving this and that. Uh, I keep them in, I I teach all my classes in backplate and wings. Uh uh, So there's already a tech consideration all there. But I use standard uh, regulator setups. Uh You know, 28 inch hoses, 40 inch uh, Uh hoses, stuff like that. And then I put them into tech diving gear, uh, long hoses, all that stuff when they're ready to start tech diving.
0: Okay. so. Do you put them quickly into back-mounted doubles and develop those habits, or do you make them do X number of dives before doing that? Or
1: I want to see them do some X number of dives just as a recreational diver to make sure that that's mm-hmm. the actual direction they want to go in. Uh, or It's not even me telling them that they have to go do 20, 25 dives, 30 dives, whatever it is. It's just just go dive, enjoy the season, um, and then we'll we'll have another conversation after so much so some people come back and like yeah i want to do this right i'm going to do this i want to do that uh, and those are the people you concentrate on most of the time when everybody's really excited when their first open water class they want to do everything and uh, it's not realistic for them they're not on the right point in their life to do all this stuff so you kind of just let them come back to it
0: yeah see i use a similar technique that you did with the uh sure we can we can get you through the certification you know just uh come in and let me see So, yeah, sure, we can go. We'll go right on that path to tech. Let's develop your skills. Let's go out and do this. Like, you really want to be doing this in a dry suit and doubles right now, or you know, you're barely comfortable in this. So, let's develop all of it and create an open dialogue and and move forward from there. So,
1: yeah, look at uh, tech diving as uh... all
0: right, (laughs) (laughs) true. Just gonna yeah, put him on mute for a second so you can make instead of him just yelling what in the corner.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I look at tech diving as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. So if you're bored at 60 feet or wherever dive sites you're normally going to, if you're bored and you want to go to that 100 120 foot wreck, uh, mm-hmm. then we start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be enjoying your level. You should get the, the people that go straight from. Uh, open water diver to hey i'm gonna be a big badass tech diver Uh, they fizzle out in the sport within within a couple years you know so you i want to see some longevity so you you develop this basis of just enjoying your diving and just being enjoying being a diver and forget about the the expense the time the effort you have to put into being a tech diver Mm -hmm. you know you see those people stick around a lot longer And that's what I want to see, especially as a dive shop owner, as an instructor, as an avid diver. I wanted to see the boats filled all the time. And they're not going to be filled with people that are there just for a season or two. Right.
0: And you get the same thing that fizzle out with instructor candidates and people that are zero to hero instructor type things. All right, Ross, you're out of the, I don't want to really say penalty box, but the uh, awkward audio box. Um, Did you have any contribution to what you hear Danny saying?
2: Yeah. The crappy audio box. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I only heard about half of it because I was in and out of signal. I parked here for a second. Um, no, I don't have anything to say about that.
0: <laughs> all, I, all I heard was the last the little bit. you make
2: like, sure the guys. What how I was trying to get to when I had a crappy signal was.
0: Yeah.
2: Go ahead. Well, I started go. diving in 92. Okay. And I went to tech four four years ago. Um, Now, there was a big break in there, mind you. Um, um, Yeah. Um, My point uh, was that, you know, if you seek out the guys with experience, you you know, that's stuff that you cannot get, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from teaching yourself. You're missing out on, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and you're not going to learn what you don't know doing it yourself. There we go. There's my cohesive thought that I've been trying to get out for 20 minutes. And
0: we, and I'm impressed that it only took 20 minutes because normally a cohesive to- conversation you with you got, takes you still way longer. Like cutting out again. No, you're good. Cutting out again. No, you're good. Molly. We can hear you, but <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, there he goes. The trash <laughs> panda in and out. So, oh, geez. I was going to ask him more questions too, but so you know, I, want, I want
1: to go over this: like you don't know what you don't know.
0: Yeah, and uh,
1: I, I yes, I do agree with it to a certain uh, degree, but at a certain point, like this information is out there, right? You can you can seek information from a million other ways aside from going to have a formal class with an instructor, right? There are yeah. thousands of books on on whatever topic you want to learn about. There's a million YouTube videos. There's a million. So why do we discredit that, is it just the self, uh, we're trying to preserve our own uh, industry to say, no, 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 you have to take this class from me. Uh, I'm gonna present the same information that I learned from where, however many different uh, areas I learned it from, right? If I saw some guy doing some really awesome thing on YouTube and he presents it well enough for me to understand and be able to incorporate that into my diving, so why couldn't the student go ahead and just do that on their own?
0: They absolutely could. So one of my big things is that you are conglomerate of all of that information. You've spent so much time g- gathering and you can bestow that upon your students and, and educate them in less effort for them. So with the, the service, one of the services you are providing is feedback critique and a almost like a literature review going into a thesis like here's every here's all of my research comes together and here is my take on it that I am giving to you um I guarantee that we probably do things significantly different on many courses but we also agree on many points and I would absolutely 100% love to sit in on one of your classes because I'm going to steal shit from you left and right um and because we do some things differently, I'm going to learn even, even on an instructor to instructor basis. I would love to take a class with you or sit in on one of your classes because I know that I will pick up things and learn things. Um, so that falls into you don't know what you don't know. I don't I don't know that you do things differently. We had an uh, uh, exam. We had an IE tonight. Uh and he presented something that I was like, hmm, that's an interesting way of saying it. I didn't even think about it that way. I didn't know that, you know, that we should do it. It wasn't that you don't know what you don't know in that case, but a different way of presenting it. That's interesting. So think, uh,
1: there's an assumption when we say that instructors, uh, we've done the research, we've looked at a million different ways. And I don't think that's the case for the majority of instructors. I think that there's going to be, uh, very few who are actually going in and doing the tremendous amount of work that anyone could do. Uh, Uh weed through the bad information, like Rick is saying. Uh Uh, And I think that there is a, as an instructor or as somebody looking at an instructor, they say, well, there's an assumption that they've already done this work. And a lot of the cases, when it's not correct, they're getting really bad information from whatever instructor because they just didn't do their due diligence and then you get other instructors that say this person doesn't know what the hell they're talking about even though they think that they know mm-hmm. You know, just because hey i've done more research than you on this subject and yeah and you're completely wrong so as a student i can see it why it's overwhelming to sit there and say well you should take a class with an instructor well you know what the, the past 20 instructors i took a class with half of them sucked and the other half disagreed with the other half. And then there was 15 extra points on top of that. And I don't know what to do anymore.
0: Yep. And that's, I think that that speaks to Ross's point earlier with that, earlier without speaking for him, but like, yeah, I went to a bunch of people. I got a bunch of bad information. You know, it's surprising he went back and took more classes. I think it's because he was, he sought out somebody different. Um, you
1: know, um, the, the best way to vet an instructor before you take the class. It's a good question. So I've seen so many posts like on this, like who, like all the the interview questions that you should be asking this and that. And they're all fine. And you should be asking that question or you should be at least having those kind of uh, conversations with your instructor potential. Um, But I think it's going to come down to who's doing the type of diving that you want to do and who's doing it. If if you're sitting on a boat, Right, and you want to go do this dive that they're talking about next week and you're on the boat with them and you're looking at the stuff that they do and in the back of your head you're like well that doesn't look right or there's something really awful or dangerous about it that's better than sitting there and asking them a bunch of interview questions right because, mm-hmm. because they're doing something uh, and surviving doesn't necessarily mean they're good at it so find an instructor that doesn't give you the heebie-jeebies when they start talking about the stuff that they do and uh, and do find the instructor that are doing the dives that you wanna do um, uh-huh. and then just realize that sometimes that the best instructors are not gonna be the best explorers. The best explorers are not gonna be the best instructors and sometimes people are good at <laughs> instructing and terrible at diving uh-huh. or whatever it is. And you just gotta you know, take, take the same class with four or five different people and see what and see what happens.
0: I've done that too. Take a class with a bunch of people, same class, a bunch of people, see what their different takes are and stuff like that. And I, I think um, you have people that are in the quest for education and, and for a quest to get better and a, and a quest to find it all, and um, have people help them figure it out. And then other people, they're just not getting injured is good enough for them. Um, in some cases, you know, that's I've seen that before with people. You know, it's not that hard. I can do it on my own on my own. So, um, I mean. James brings up an interesting should we seek specific instructors for our specific courses or disciplines I mean even we kind of talked about this before I talked about it with um, I think it was with Natalie and um, who else was in there Natalie and Roger I believe it, we were talking about this is you know taking cave in an area where people are traveling to it you know that's you know if they're traveling do they really truly understand it and are you in there Danny too I don't know if you're uh, no, about that.
1: I, I yeah. thought they had some really good points. Um, yeah. I was really hoping for at least one of them to be like, no, no, no you could be the traveling instructor. <laughs> and offer a really different point of view, but none of them yeah. did.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit biased in that one, but I thought it was, yeah. it was, it was a good interview. Um, yeah. It's tough. My The birds of a feather, right? So it tends to be my friends tend to, unless <laughs> you've had a couple of glasses of wine, uh, tend to uh, agree. Yeah. Um, So I would go even, you know, a step further with what I think Danny brought up side mount. Like you talk to a bunch of people and they're like, this is how you do side mount. This is it. You're like, okay, yeah, well, um, it's 45 degrees Fahrenheit where I dive. Like that, that doesn't, that's not as easy as you think it is. Like that's a wonderful sediment that you have here, but it's a little bit different. That rig doesn't work as well by me as it does by you, um, and then, you know, cave, wreck, rebirth. I vet people and specifically seek out certain people and I want to get information from as many people as possible. And maybe it's not a formal instruction. Maybe it's um, a little bit, you know, more informal mentoring questions, um, a couple of drinks and dinner and discussing different things. Um, you know, we've discussed a bunch of things and, and you being on here, but what's your, what's your take on should we seek specific instructors for a specific course of discipline?
1: So just to, I don't know, to clarify, does you mean like different instructors? Or so like at the end of it. So yeah, can an instructor be great at everything? And I I think certain, maybe there's certain instructors that absolutely can be. Uh, I know that I'm a better wreck diver than I am cave diver just because of the amount of time I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, probably you should because... No matter how much time I could put into something, I'm going to be doing that at the, uh, the behest of something else. right? So uh-huh. if I'm going to be the best wreck diver I could possibly be, that means that I can't travel to cave country to go diving as much as I want to. Um, if I want to be the best side mount diver, I probably not going to be on my rebreather as much. Uh-huh. Uh, so there has to be. I mean, I dive three 400 dives a year, and it's still not enough to be able to do everything. I still have to put my back mount doubles on and say, all right, I have to remember how to do this because I have a class coming up or oh, I have to put my side mount gear on. And it's like, wait, I know I changed this three years ago for this reason, what was that reason? Yeah. Uh, and I find that and somebody else who's diving specifically just side mount their entire career was probably gonna be better at it. They might not be a better instructor, but they might be a better side mount diver. And I think uh-huh. that that's an important distinction and it yeah. goes back to my point that just because you do something all the time doesn't necessarily make you a good instructor at it. Yeah. Um, where I know that I have I have a good sense of myself where I know I can teach. So even something that I don't know anything about, I mean, I can still follow a formula or a pattern that I've developed in order to get that information across, whatever it is. Um, is it better to be taking it from somebody who's taught whatever, whatever it is with that? Or is it better just to get that information in your head from whatever source and just move on with it.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very good points. I mean, I switched rigs recently and uh, that threw me for an entire tailspin. I, I probably should have spent a little bit more time on, in retrospect, I should have had that rig in the water a couple more times before I started teaching on it. And yeah, you know, side mount, side mount, side mount, which is not necessarily the case. Like I, I changed a couple of things and a D-ring where I didn't like it and I didn't realize it and it was virtually impossible to get at. And I should have gone through that way earlier. And that was on me, I wasn't even thinking about it. I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, it looks in the right spot, but that rig made it so that it was impossible to get at based off of where I had it. So my other one does not, so. Um, Brock but, brings up an interesting point. You go ahead, Danny.
1: No, I just, I think that uh, it's gonna, you're gonna be really hard pressed to find out, find the perfect instructor who is a side mount, cave, wreck and rebreather instructor, yeah. who's absolutely fantastic at all of them. Mm-hmm. And the exact same, Situation or conditions that you want to be able to dive in. Uh, I mean, they're, they're they're probably out there, uh, yeah. but I I think you're gonna you're looking at really specialized things.
0: Yeah, and I think areas cave in Florida versus cave in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mexico wreck <laughs> in the North Atlantic versus wreck in the Southern Atlantic or the Pacific are different. Every single rebreather is got its own idiosyncrasies and differences, and some instructors are better on them, and some jump some instructors jump ship and jump from one to the other, and you're wondering what's going on there, why they're just switching rebreathers and dumping one, the other one. And, yeah, are well,
1: you looking for a rebreather diver who's a cave diver, or are you looking for a rebreather and, and then that who's a who's a wreck diver? Or are you looking for one who's a side mount rebreather diver? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it goes really back to like, you got to find somebody who's in the environment, who's doing the dives that you want to do and make sure that they can be a good instructor for you. Right. right? However that works, maybe they, you just can't talk to that person. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're so fantastic at it. They're probably really busy too. So just mm-hmm. yeah. getting in touch with them yeah, would uh, be a huge headache.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, and these are all the things of, you're looking at somebody that has this experience in this one little tiny area and they've got so much experience you're seeking them out and that's why you don't want to go why trial and error works but trying to learn that very specific thing it is more efficient and you learn more and you become a better diver by seeking out one of those mentor type people that really truly can show you how to cave dive in Mexico you know mm-hmm. or you know, the certain caves in Florida. Um, I bet a lot of people ask a lot of questions from people in confidence. Like, hey, listen, I won't I won't out anybody, but uh, you tell me what your thought is on so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. And then I ask a couple other people and then you get, you start to see some lines. There, there's some political garbage and then you see a line that is like, all right, every single person said this one's good. So let me start a conversation, see if we blend as an instructor student um, combination because that's not always the case either. So- mm-hmm that's a lot of work so people are just like hey listen i'm just going to teach myself i'm good which is very interesting also um well, they, they find
1: the most popular person on youtube or instagram and they just go with them and
0: instagram that's the big yeah, one they took pretty yeah, pictures they, they, they must be able to teach me pictures.
1: you have to like reteach them just the basic skills that they yeah. were completely ignored on.
0: but yeah you know. <laughs> uh, but they got the picture at the end of their class man <laughs> they look
1: yeah, I, I, I think it's like a the photographer instructor uh mm-hmm. You know, and I know that you've you've had this discussion at length on on your other shows, but there is something to be said for these photographer instructors that you the pictures look amazing, mm-hmm. divers look amazing in, in their in their photos, but then when you're 20 feet away from them, you know, running your class at the same. Quarry, and you see them all kneeling on the ground in breathers, you're sitting there going, What? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: That's not in the picture. Yeah. You, <laughs> you got know? it for the picture. The picture looks great, but it was that three seconds that you got that before it yeah. went to crap. Well, do so. the same thing. When I
1: take pictures of my students, it's like, Well, yeah, I'm not going to put them in, uh, you know, when they're oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, just, just because the pictures look great on Instagram doesn't mean that the, the, instructor, the instruction is any good at all. You
0: know. I don't know. I was in the side mount Facebook forum and basically it's your worth as an instructor is based off of your pictures of your students. So
1: well, you got to you have to prove something right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. right. Talking about and yeah. then all of your
1: students look like crap. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, no, no. Uh, trust me. I'm really good. Yeah. And you should have at least a picture or two of one or two students in good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the portfolio. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, uh, yeah. that's the thing that people troll on Facebook pages and not a good instructor. Like, man, I, I take pictures to show them how to fix it and then let them go. And then, you know, whatever. So, and we talked yeah. about that with foundations, but all right. I so,
1: know, uh, a conversation just before we get on to this, that, uh, yeah. like, GUE, like why is GUE in general, like producing these amazing divers? And it's like, well, you're only seeing the ones that pass, right? You're only seeing mm-hmm. the that have those cards. You're not seeing the, six seven eight months two years of them practicing at whatever quarry they're at uh, to get to that point You're not seeing them in completely terrible trim So they produce great divers that they have divers practicing and getting in the water as much as possible So it goes back to there's no better instructor than experience uh, With a little bit of guidance here and there, right?
0: Yeah. And guidance and guidance at failure. I'm going to bring Brock down for a second and bring it back up. Gu- guiding someone to those failures and letting them do a little bit of trial and error. I use it a lot in like um, classroom type settings or like setting up gear like, OK, let's let's try that. Let's let's go, go with that. Why, why are you doing that? Let's let's look at that. And then they try, and then I let them draw the same conclusion that I'm letting them get to and go, okay, well, what would you do differently? How would you fix that? And draw that into that situation and go, okay, well, you did trial and error, but I made sure, you know, guided your thought process so you didn't go the wrong direction completely, maybe. So I utilize that somewhat, especially in side mount where we, you know, start throwing tanks into a bin and going, all right, look at these, like, why would you move one thing one way or the other? And, you know, that's in a water water tank of, you know, I mean, it, like we talked about, it, it's, it's over and above. But the idea is they I um, I not to throw any shame on them in any way, shape or form. But I had somebody that was like, wait, what are you talking about that a 40 cubic foot sits straight up and down almost when you throw it into water? Well, yeah, when you put it because they they don't have any experience with a forty like when you take it off and stage it someplace and set it down going to the Jaudry or set it down and I mean I don't have cave experience but when you tie it to a line and go oh shit that's like that and then this other tank's like that why is that and then you go oh it's the manufacturer or the rag or whatever and they just never had that conversation like really like yeah it's pretty damn cool like you throw this tank in, and it just goes Whoop. <laughs> yeah
1: well I I love the when I have the opportunity like when I with a student who's not necessarily taking a course with me. Uh, just doing a mem- mentorship kind of idea, or I I'd like having that conversation with them. Is like, well, why do you do it this way? And they have their reason for it. And my favorite thing in the world is getting to the water and presenting the exact situation where, you know, here is that emergency. Show me how this actually works. And sometimes it works, and the ninety-nine percent of the time it goes to complete uh, nonsense. And you sit there and you're like, well, we're in a controlled environment. I'm giving you a, a safe place to fail. And and your idea didn't work, so let's try it this way. And it, it, letting people make these mistakes and letting them fail in like a controlled way, I, I think it's, it's a fantastic way to teach. Um, I think
0: that speaks very much to the instructor versus the pioneers. That the pioneers had no safe space to fail. They mm-hmm. some failed and died, some failed and made it out barely, and some failed and and failed safely, but didn't have a safe space to do it in, where now we are providing as instructors, we can provide these safe spaces to fail in. I'm not a big fan of the force feeding. You know, this is exactly how you do it. This is exactly how you do it because, and that also leads to, in my opinion, the students not thinking for themselves. So if I then it's proven to do this differently down the road, you go, well, my instructor told me to do it this way. They don't have the outside thought process because they're going against what their instructor said versus, hey, we came up with this. And the idea is you come up with that so that when things change, you can think for yourself and actually do it as opposed to this is it. This is the this is the mantra. This is how you live with it. So um, let's jump on to Brock's comment really quick since uh, we've got about nine minutes left. So try calling a dive shop and tell them that you don't need a C card. You just want to hire the instructor for coaching, mentoring time. It's a lot harder than you think. Um
1: you can call my dive shop, man.
0: All right. Like I, I think between us, it's like surprising. Like, yeah, coaching. Like, I would much like I would prefer to do it that way. And I know in from who I've talked to in the cave and cavern, you know, uh facet is no, you pretty much there's no like this is the set rate per day. And when you've achieved what we need to achieve, then you have earned your card. But until then, I can't. Is it three days, four days, five days? There's a minimum number of days, but I don't know you. So well, how
1: can I tell you? We've had this issue before, like when we were talking in a, few, a bunch of shows back on the, the minimum standards and everything like that. I've never been able to do, especially a tech class. I've never done a tech class at minimum standards or I like to call them maximum standards. Uh, yeah. I've never done a class within. All right. We have a deco course. All right. It's four, four dives long. I've yet to be able to do it. Uh, uh-huh. Every single one of my tech classes has turned into a mentorship just because they couldn't, the student wasn't ready for those four dives or uh-huh. ready for a, the graduation. Yeah. So those when we when we talk about standards and stuff like that, and I just wanted to make this point because I couldn't make this point like you know two months ago when we had that other one. Um, <laughs> standards are written for the best student in mind. They're not written for the worst. They're written for the absolute best one. and. Me, personally, as an instructor, I can't get somebody to pass in that minimum amount of time because either I'm not a, that good of an instructor uh, or my my standards are just a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And all of my classes have turned into mentorships. So when I tell somebody, yeah, you know, you have to do a minimum of four dives or a minimum of six or whatever it is, it, we end up, and every single one of my DECO students would attest to this, that we end up doing two, three, four times that much. In all different conditions, just because we, just to get it to to the point of you being able to pass, Uh, and I and I don't I don't know how other instructors do it. I don't know how other people have a four class eco course. I don't a four dive deep course. I don't see how that's possible.
0: Yeah. That that's I think it's people looking at it as what is the I mean it's instructors looking at it, what's the bare minimum I need to do to hand this card to the student to get money and move them on to the next thing I, I think that's a big instructor problem um, is where I think that comes from I think you and I have the same well we do pretty much have clearly the same opinion on like hey minimum standards minimum standards and I'm going to make sure you're capable. And I mean, like we've talked about, that, that's where that foundations course came from, right? Like mm-hmm. you're coming in. I, I really, your expectation, you read the standards, you want to be done in X number of dies. is probably going to be more. Everybody's getting you know frustrated because it's challenging, whatever. And, and we're working on it. Like, let's put a, let's put a blockade in beforehand and let's, let's, let's know what you're getting yourself into and then, you know, give you a little bit more something to bite off where you can chew it a little bit easier. So, um. Oh, this is. Uh, I think I know what Brock's talking about. Your local dive shops won't call call back, but thankfully I got a hold of a legend who hung up his fit training fins today. One hour with the legend was absolutely priceless. Uh, I believe that he's ta- Brock's talking about Steve Lewis. Steve Lewis uh, stopped teaching today. I saw that. Um, yeah. Which um, I really, when I heard that, I really wanted to get him on tonight, but I was also like, he is going to be inundated with all sorts of garbage today. Of you know, you know, not garbage, but like all sorts of people jumping on there. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's, un- have you met Steve Lewis? Do you know, Steve?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I took a class with, uh, with Steve. Yeah, with He her. was
0: supposed to come down right before there were some issues with the border. Um, so. well,
1: he's a foreigner trying to take our
0: dubs. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had that conversation with him. Okay. Um, yeah, he's just an amazing dive instructor and we're in a global global sport, but you know, Hey, whatever. I'd love to have him hang out. Just like we were talking about of the, you know, trial and error. I'd, I'd love to, to hang out with him, discuss and, and go through a bunch of different stuff. He was supposed to come down for, for the dive show I used to host and it just didn't work out. And that's unfortunate. So, um, all right. I didn't read this fully. It's not the turn. Ter- uh, it's not an turnout prepared students. It's the difference between looking to make money versus looking to make divers. That's exactly what we were just talking about when we were talking about, um, minimum standards. Um, so maximum. it's not, they're not minimum maximum standards, whatever the the best possible, the lowest number good. of dives you need to do.
1: Well, I'll just I think about this. So when we're talking about the standards, like if you, if we follow them to a T, right, this person mm-hmm. wants to show mastery or whatever other term we want to use for it, you, they, that, it's, it's really hard. It's yeah. a hard course, right? They, mm-hmm. they do 24 something emergencies and then a deco class or, uh, you know, even more in a trimix class, and it's like, "Well, can you really accomplish that in however many dives? Unless they're the absolute best student you've ever had in your life, and they're coming to you without any kind of preparation. You're, this is this is your student. This is your class dive. Dive one. You have ten emergencies, ten failures you have to deal with, and you have to get through them perfectly within standards. And I have to be completely comfortable with it. Yeah. That is not minimum standards. No. That is, you are looking for the best student in the world." Um, so I, I think that we need to flip the way that we think about standards. Um, we we need to look at them as that if you if you hold the student to them, then you're going to give a really really good class by not doing anything more than exceeding standards. I hate that term. Like, you know, <laughs> go above and beyond standards. It's like, hey, no, you let me just enforce them. You know. <laughs> no, do
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're just holding them to account. You're holding them accountable not to the the sheer numbers, you're holding them accountable to the capabilities of doing skills. So mm-hmm. those are two very different well, two different things. Yeah.
1: Looking at Brock's comment. New divers buy new gear, old divers just buy time. All right. I don't know what that means. One well, he's
0: talking about the the financials of pushing somebody through and getting the next next diver, getting the next diver, getting the next diver, I believe is where Brock's going with that. Um you know, next time Brock needs to come on again, because we were working on his, sta- his stage presence and talking. So next time Brock's coming on, I'm going to force him to. He's he's in the comments all day long, but he's got to get yeah. his face up on here. And he did a good job last time. Brock, I'm calling you out next time you're in here.
1: He, so, he's not busy enough to comment, but, you know,
0: yeah. he, he's going to be on camera. Yeah, he was scared. He's scared of you, Danny.
1: <laughs> right, he's, he's like the guy in the background, uh, the the Karate Kid, you know. my
0: yeah. body back. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on a Karate Kid kick, aren't you? Cobra Kai and everything. man, and I'm so back into it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for Mandalorian. So, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah, October 30th. I'm done, man. That's just ridiculous. So, um, Coach. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I think we pretty much summed up a lot of it. Um. Not as heated uh, conversation, but I think we and I are kind of on the same page with a lot of this stuff. and I think it brought to light a lot of good stuff. Um, I did have a student tell me once, uh, I am not paying an overpriced instructor to tell me how to do DECO and my Shearwater will tell me how to do it.
1: Yeah, I had that conversation too. Uh, It it was pretty short-lived. I said, all right, go go do what you got to do. Class is over. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to listen to me, no matter what I tell you, then me wasting my time being your instructor isn't going to work out in any way shape or form so go yep. do what you got to do yep. hopefully i won't yep. be in the chamber
0: yep. exactly i don't i don't need that sort of headache so yeah i i agree fully with that one so all right cool so i will um say goodbye to the guests and then come back and say goodbye to you really quick sound good all right thanks danny all right, guys, thank you very much for watching Drama Diving, as always. Uh, we appreciate all of the comments and sharing uh, the content with other people. Uh, we look forward to seeing you, and I think two weeks we should be back on again, uh, unless there's a conflict. Uh, we don't quite have a topic yet, so if you got something you want to see, go ahead and throw it up there. As always, uh, the uh, subscribe button's going to be over here, uh, and any uh, contribution to the Patreon is appreciated. Uh, we're working on a couple of different new things. Uh, it's going to be into spring before we can actually get to those. Uh, so, thanks again. Uh, hopefully, we will have more people. We're always looking for new people to join us. Uh, even if it's one person with the regulars, uh, we are looking for help. So, we're well, not really help, but other other opinions. Everybody's opinion is valued, especially people that are jumping in the comments. If you want to jump on the show, feel free. We'd love to have you. Um, don't need to be an instructor, just need to be a diver. And even then, we can get a show around non-divers and talk about why you're restricted to in getting into the sport. So uh, again, subscribe over here and on YouTube and we will see you guys soon. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful night guys. Thanks.